Hashem Nisim. It's great to see you as usual. It's great to be here. Baruch Hashem. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to disseminate uh, the holy words of Torah of uh, our Rabbi Vaidamilla, Zechonul Lebracha, and uh, to all our beautiful and gorgeous and precious Jewish listeners out there all over the world. It's a beautiful day today, certainly. Yesterday was gorgeous. Spring day. Spring is here. We made Birkat Ha'ilanot today. So the buds coming out, how the trees are re, re, resuscitated, and the same way that we are going to be resuscitated, uh, especially on our uh, holy holiday of uh, Pesach. We wouldn't Abdul That's certainly a resuscitation that Techiyatim in and of itself, no question about that. So we are going to uh, touch on some of the. Uh, key principles that uh, that we should be thinking about, that we're thinking about, that we're preparing for. Now, we are preparing for Chag Pesach. You don't prepare, you can't just jump into Chag Pesach. You have to prepare for anything good that you're doing. It needs preparation. The more you prepare yourself, how important it is. We prepare for Shabbat. We prepare for Pesach. We prepare for any holiday, and we're preparing in this world for the great preparation for Olam you got to prepare. You have to prepare yourself in the Prozor. You only got one chance to prepare in this world. Only one chance. We have a chance to prepare every single day with our free will. You only have free will. We're going to say it over and over in the Halil this coming week. The Metim will not be praising you, Hashem, with their free will. Because they have no more free will. Once a cursed person is out, he's dead, he has no more free will. So, so we are preparing right now with our free will for Haga Pesach. And, and you have to know that the Shebud uh, Mitzrayim, the Galut Mitzrayim, the, slave, the, 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 the slavery in Mitzrayim and, the, uh, and that terrible period where the Egyptians were, were uh, were uh, torturing the Jewish people and killing Jewish children and Jewish, uh, they, they were, they were murder, murderers. That whole period, a terrible period of 210 years, this was all a preparation. All of it was preparation. It was preparing us for the great day, the great day of Matan Torah. Hashem was preparing us to see 10 plagues, open miracles, preparing our emunah, preparing us with, saw the uh, Amud Esh, so the, the, the pillar of fire and the clouds of glory prepared us to, to, to um, experience the Kriyat Shamsuf, the great miracle, the greatest miracle of all, of all time, that, the, that the, uh, the, the sea should split. And then that, not, that would have been enough. Dayenu. Dayenu should the, if the sea only split and we went through it, Dayenu. Dayenu would have been enough. However, it was even more than that. It crashed down, and it killed all our oppressors, the oppressors of the Jewish people. You know, uh, when anybody oppresses the Jewish people, he comes against the Jewish people. The truth of the matter is, he's making war with Hashem. Psh, you hear what I just said? That's a very big statement. Because who's the Jewish people? The Jewish people are b'ni b'chori Israel. We are, the, we are the firstborn son of Hashem. So if anybody starts up, or harms the firstborn son of Hashem, the children of God, then he's actually coming up against Hashem, and that's a very dangerous thing. 
And that's why the Jewish, that's why the Malach HaMavet killed the firstborn of the Mitzrim. Killed the firstborn. Why didn't he kill them all? He killed the firstborn because, first of all, he wanted to make a big declaration. God did that. You Jewish people, you are my firstborn. And anybody that rises to harm a Jew is harming my firstborn. And therefore, that's why Hashem killed the firstborn of the Mitzrim to tell us that, to reinforce in us and to tell us the big idea of all ideas that the Jewish people are the firstborn of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right. So, but it was a double, it was a double, it was a double thing that not only Hashem protects us, He kills our enemies as well. Our enemies, again, so when a person, when they rise against, when our enemies rise against the Jewish people, they're really rising against Hashem. And that's gone on throughout the ages. You have to know that. A lot of it's, it's an excuse to go, uh, to, to when they come up against the Jewish people, they come against Hashem. They're, 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 they're really, that's what they're really saying. They're really saying, I want to come up against Hashem. So now, as we said, it's a preparation. It wasn't a punishment. The Galut Mitzrayim wasn't a punishment. The Navi calls it Kur HaBarzel. The iron furnace, kud habarzel, refinement. It was an iron furnace that refined, that kud is a special kind of furnace that refines gold. Gold needs a special heat in order to separate the precious metal, the gold, from the dross, from the, from the, from the garbage and the gold that is not needed. It's got to separate it by a very strong furnace called a kud. So the, the, just as so, the, the Mitzrayim was considered a, a, a furnace. And, and, and it was a preparation. Because not all of these Jews merited to stand on Har Sinai. Only the gold, only the best stood to merit on Har Sinai. One-fifth only were able to make it. The rabbi once told me face-to-face -face on a Friday night, he told me, you know, I asked him a question. I said, do you think there'll be another Holocaust in this country? Funny question. So he thought about it for, for a few seconds and he looked at me and he said, no, I don't think there'll be another Holocaust in this country. And he said, I'll tell you why. Because you don't know what this country looked like 60 or 70, 60 or so years ago, 60 or 70 years ago. There was nothing here and there's no Torah in this country. It was empty. There was no, there was no yeshivot, nothing going on, zero. And it didn't look too good. It was going in the wrong direction. It was headed in the wrong direction. And then it was a, there was a turnaround. There was a revolution. Things started to change. And, and yeshivot started to sprout out, sprout up. And then there were Jewish children going to yeshiva. And then B'nai Torah were being developed. And, 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 and so on and so forth. And schools all over the country. And schools all over the country were coming out of nowhere. We never thought we would see such a thing, the rabbi said. We never thought we'd see it. But we see that we're now headed in the right direction. And, and we're growing. And we're getting stronger. The Orthodox are growing and getting stronger. And therefore, I don't think there will be another Holocaust in this country because the zehut of the Torah that we have now in this country will, be, will, will protect us, God willing, from any kind of thing like that again. So that's what the rabbi said. However, now he said the big however. And he took his two hands and he started to shake them back and forth like a sifter, like a miner mining for gold in San Francisco in the old days, in the gold rush. They would put their sifter, the sieve, into the water and they would get the dirt over there and they'd mine until maybe a gold nugget would appear with, uh, among, among the, 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 the riverbed dirt. And 
So the rabbi was shaking his hand back and forth, and he was sifting, he was searching. He said, you know, he says, Hashem has been sifting since the world was created. Listen to this statement. God's always sifting, and he's always sifting for the best. He says, Kain Vahevel was sifted out. He said, um, the daughter Mabul was sifted out. You have, uh, you have uh, Ishmael was sifted out. Esav was sifted out. They weren't good enough. Sifted out. They were sifted out. Said the, the Tzedokim was sifted out. The Karaim was sifted out. The Haskalah was sifted out. And over here, we even the, even the four-fifths of the Jews in Egypt were sifted out. They were sifted out because they weren't good enough. Because then he told me, Hashem is only looking for the best. He only wants the gold. And he said, before that, he says, and, and, and in America, how many are being sifted out? How many are being sifted out in America? Millions of Jews are being sifted out in America. Who knows if four-fifths going to get out of America? Who knows if one-fifths one -fifth going to get out of America? I don't know. Nobody knows. But the way it's going, who knows? Being, there's a big sifter going on. Why is that? Because Hashem is, Hashem is certainly giving the people a chance that are being sifted. But it's giving the people, people that are being, that, that are being sifted out, they, they have a chance to, to get out of the sifter. But he wants to, Hashem is looking only for the best, for his, for his purposes, for his army, for Tzibot Hashem. And, and, and then he looked at me and said, and you, make sure you stay on top of the sifter. That's what he told me. And we're telling all you Jews out there, make sure you stay on top of the sifter. Because that's what, that's what the Galut Mitzrayim, Galut Mitzrayim was a sifter, and only one-fifth got out of that sifter. So, <clears throat> we are coming on to the Pesach Seder, which is coming on uh, next week, <coughs> Friday night. Erev Shabbat is the Pesach Seder. And we wait all year for the Pesach Seder. That is, a, that is a highlight of the year. A highlight of the year. No question. Family gets together and we eat matzah together, maror, we eat haroset, we have a beautiful meal, we enjoy ourselves, we, 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 we re-energize our emunah. That's what the Pesach is the holiday of, the holiday of emunah. That's really the two functions of Pesach Seder and it's the two functions of a Jew. First is Da'at, first is Hoda'ah, and then Da'at. Hoda'ah means thanks. Hoda'ah means uh, to thank. Lehodot is to praise and to thank. Hoda'ah is Hakaratatov. You realize what you have and you thank for it, you praise for it. So the Havah is Hakaratatov. Hoda'ah is the same word as Yehudi. Yehudi and Hoda'ah is the same root. As, as our great mother Le'ah says, Ha'pam ode et Hashem. Now I'm going to thank Hashem. I had a baby, a baby, another baby boy. Now I'm going to thank him even more, with even more thanks than I thanked him for the other children. Yehuda, Pam ode et Hashem. And we're called Yehudim after this great son, Yehuda. We're the thankers. Now, so, 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 so that, that the function of the Seder again is, and, and of life is to be thanking all the time. That's what we call the thankers. A Jew means he's a thanker. Yehudi means he's the thanker. We are the thankers. And 
That's what we say. The best thing is to be thanking Hashem. And we're thanking Him for everything we have. So when you walk down the street, don't just walk down with an empty head. Walk down with the street and look around and say, Oh, I want to thank you for my parents. I want to thank you for my hands. Flex your fingers. You don't even hear them. Flex them. I want to thank you for my legs. I can walk. How about my ears? I can hear you. Hear those birds out today? There are a lot of birds out there today. Got to hear them. I want to thank you. I can see. Wow, what a pleasure to see. I want to thank you. There's a sun in the world. The sun. Did you get a chance to appreciate the sun today? If you stop and think about the sun, it's important. That's why Hashem put it in the sky for you to think of. You know, Hashem didn't need the sun to give us heat and light. He could have brought us heat and light without the sun. No, Hashem is bringing us the sun as a strategy that we can see the chesed of Hashem and thank Him for it. If there was no sun... To bring us heat and light, there'd be heat and light. We don't need it, but maybe you lose sight of the source of the heat and light, and that source really is Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that is giving us the sun in the world. But try it for a second today, sit and stand under the sun and start to feel, start to feel something. You're gonna feel something. What are you gonna feel? You're gonna feel warmth on your face. You're gonna feel the heat. You're gonna feel the heat of the sun emanating on your face, on the skin of your cheek. You're going to feel that heat. Now, that heat is 93 million miles away. 93 million miles away. And yet, and yet, Ad Mehera Yerutz Devaro. Hashem's word is coming down here at 186,000 miles per second. Now, that heat, that light, is taking eight and a quarter minutes to get down here. That's how far it is. It's going 186,000 miles per second, and, and and yet it's taking eight and a quarter minutes to get down here from how far away it is. That's very far. That's extremely far. It's beyond our understanding how far that is. Okay? So, so be that as it may, even with all that distance, still we can feel heat of the sun on our on our face that means it was designed that way it didn't have to be designed if, 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 if the sun did every, brought us light and brought us heat brought the world heat and it kept the world alive which it does and you didn't feel the heat on your face Diana would have been good enough die Diana would have been enough no but Hashem that means that 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 it was designed in such a way that you should feel it for many many reasons so you shouldn't get burnt, so you shouldn't stay there too long, whatever, if you, if you didn't feel it, you'd be, a lot of reasons. But think about this reason today. There's a big reason today. Think that the one that made the sun, that's God, Hashem Yiparach, made the sun. He made it in such a way that you should feel the heat on your face. Why? Because he wants to give you the heads up that he made the sun and he's sending the heat. He wants you to know that he designed it that way. Hashem is, is, is throwing you a kiss from the sun. You ever think about that? You never thought about that before in your life. Hashem is throwing you a kiss from the sun. And that kiss is a kiss of love, a kiss of encouragement. He's encouraging you. He's telling you, Yaakov, pick your head up. It's a good world out there. Pick your head up. And I want to tell you something. I'm going to throw you a kiss from the sun. Mwah! That kiss, what is it? The kiss of the heat 
on your face. Now, it's like your mommy rubbing your face. You came in from a cold day. It was ice cold outside, a snowy day. She takes her hands and she rubs your face. Remember that? She's rubbing your face. She's warming you up. She's rubbing your hands. She's rubbing you up. That's when Hashem is sending you that heat. He's also rubbing you up. He's rubbing you to feel his love and his warmth on you. Now, if you came here just to hear that idea today, it was worth it. Believe you me, it was worth it. It's a fantastic, unbelievable idea. Of course, try to practice it. Go out in the street. Nice out today. Stand there. Tell your children. Tell yourself. Feel that sun for a minute. 30 seconds. Feel the sun. Tell them. Now, once you feel that kiss from Hashem, you can then turn back and throw them back a kiss. Say, Mwah, I love you too. I love you, Hashem. It sounds silly, right? So the rabbi would say, be silly, it's okay, be silly once in a while, be silly, you want to, inc- you want to, you want to increase your emunah, you want to, you want to make it dot, you want to make that, part, that emunah part of you. So you got to be silly sometimes. But that silliness is to take your, take your hand, put it over your mouth, and throw a kiss 93 million miles away back to where it came from. Say, thank you, Hashem, for that kiss, that's hoda. Thank you for that head up. Thank you for that encouragement. I need I needed that today. I need that encouragement. I need it every day. We need that every single day. That's Pasuk. It's an open Pasuk in Tehilim. We say it every day in the prayers. Say it. It's in the Hallelujah. Me'oded Anavim Hashem. Hashem is encouraging the humble. How's he encouraging the humble? Many ways, but today we got a new way. He's encouraging the humble by 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 telling us humble people that that there's a God in the world. And he's sending us that heat from the sun to make you aware that's Hashem in the world. That's called Yirat Shamayim. Hashem is doing that. But of course you have to get the da to be aware of it. What good is it if he's doing that all day long, your whole life he's sending you that heat on your face and you never once thought of things like these? These are thoughts. These are called Mahashavot. That you think into nature. You think into things, you'll come up with things you never thought about your whole life. And this is one of them. Say this to, to, to anybody. Say it to the chief rabbi. He'll, believe you me, he never thought about this thought. I, told, I said it to a big rabbi today. He said, wow, where did you get that from? And this rabbi I know him for 30 years. He said, where did you get that from? Did you get that from your rabbi? I said, no. I said, I, I got it myself. He said, well, how long have you been thinking that? I said, 20 years I've been thinking about that. He said, I can't believe it. So these are things that anybody could think about. It's just a matter of putting your mind, of course, to, to, to think about these things. Now, now we, so we are going into the seder and into life with two ideas in mind. One is hoda'ah, and the other one is da'at. Da'at is to acquire true and clear understanding through many ways. One of the best ways is sensory perception, emunachushi, sensory perception, like we're saying now, looking at the sun, the moon, the stars, your hand, your skin, your eyes, your, your, your mother, your father, again, emunah, and that's, why is that? That's the whole idea of the of the, of, the, of the Pesach. We have to gain this da'at. Leman tidu ki Hashem In order that you should gain da'at, so you should know in your guts, know in your soul, know in your not only in your mind and it being your being that Hashem took you out of Egypt. We gain a sense through our study of the ten plagues which Hashem brought on Mitzrayim and not on us. That's one one giant way to gain. 
again this dot. What we're going to do? Say, Elu Eser Makot, Shevetosh Baruchu, Alam Esrim Ben Misraim. He bought 10 plates on the Misraim, but he didn't bring them on us. Wow, that's a big thing. He brought them on them and not on us. Hashem is protecting us. Shomer Yisrael. Shomer Yisrael. Hashem is always protecting his nation, Israel. So that is a great, great amount, important, fundamental foundation of Da'at, of understanding that we are protected. We are the firstborn son of Israel. We are Banim Atem, Hashem Elohim. We are the children. He's protecting us. Now these 10 plagues are 10 vitamin pills of Imunah, the Rabbi used to call it. 10 vitamin pills of Imunah. It's 10, 10 volumes of Gemara. Each one needs to be studied no less than 10 volumes of Gemara. That's the 10 plagues. It's got to be studied real, real hard. Hashem made 10 open miracles. Now, we have to know, he didn't make those 10 open miracles for punishment of the, uh, the Mitzrayim. So they didn't deserve it. They didn't merit any open miracles to punish them. Hashem could have killed them in their sleep. He could have sent a plague. could have sent a, a disease to kill them. A terrible, torturous disease. Could have sent sarat. Could have sent anything you wanted to send. And a natural liver disease. How about pancreatic cancer? Could have sent that too in a second. But and it would have looked natural. It's one of you know. It's just it's just a coincidence. It's just one of those things. No, Hashem didn't leave it. To, he sent ten open miracles. Frogs all over the place. Wild animals all over the place. You have you have hail coming from the hail in the middle of the of Mitzrayim. Frozen. Hail with fire inside of it. Then open miracles. So what did he do that for? He didn't do it for them. He did it for us. Those miracles were 10 vitamin pills of emunah for the Jewish people to grow, to gain da'at, all that. That was the chesed of Hashem to gain da'at. So now, let's just, just, just let's explain Pesach, and then we'll go into some of the things the rabbi said over here. Pesach. But what yesterday was, uh, Shabbat Agado. And Shabbat Agado, we are commemorating the beginning of the Korban Pesach. Because the Jewish people took their lives in their hands and they corralled and hog-tied the, 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 the deity, the god of the Egyptians, the sheep, and they hog-tied them and tied them to their bedposts for three days. And the sheep were going wild. They were banging all over the place. They were screaming, wild, and the and the and the Mitzrim were, they were very angry. They were gnashing their teeth. They were they didn't they didn't like that at all. They were they wanted to take revenge, but you know what? The Mitzrim couldn't do a thing, and they didn't do a thing. That's the nest. That's Shabbat Hagadol, Nes Gadol. There was a great miracle that the Mitzrim didn't take retribution for such an act, and they didn't do anything. They were because they were scared stiff. They were scared stiff. They had ten. Plagues on their head. They were scared. They were laid low. A lot of Mitzrayim were killed because of the ten plagues, certainly. So, so we see over here the Jewish people on Shabbat Gadol. This is the beginning of the Pesach. They, 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 they did Mitzrayim Nefesh. They risked their lives in doing such a thing. So, of course, they, they, what did they show? They showed their loyalty to Hashem. Hashem commanded to do it. You have to do that. And take the sheep, tie it to the bedpost. And the Jewish people, the loyal ones, they did it, and those are the ones that survived. So 
That's Pesach, and that's a, that is a preparation for Korban Pesach on the 14th, which is, uh, I think it's Thursday, I believe, 14th, the Jewish people were commanded to make Shechita on the, on the sheep and, and to take the, uh, take the blood and put it on the doorpost, ala mashkof. Put it on the doorpost. They put it actually on the in- inside of the door, inside of the door, inside of the doorpost. We misunderstand the mistake and something that I put on the outside, and then the Malachamavet, the Mashkiv was able to see it, and then he passed over. It's a little bit different than, the, but the, but it was on the inside of the door, and and and, and what happened over here? That's the Pesach. So we have to know Pesach is known by two names. It's known the Pesach is, is understood two ways. Pesach is the Korban Pesach, and then the Pesach is the Passover itself. Passover itself. So the Korban Pesach will explain like this. The Korban Pesach, the Rav explained a tremendous Yesod like that. He said, you have to know the Korban Pesach, as we said, they took the sheep and they slaughtered it and they and they barbecued it. Barbecued the meat. So the Egyptians would smell it and they would get very angry even more. And it was more of a risk of their risking their lives. Korban Pesach. They went out on the limb to barbecue the lamb chops. And they all got around the table with their families and had delicious Lamb roast, roasted lamb, delicious roasted lamb, shank bones, a lot of shanks. So, so uh, that that's the Pesach. So the, the, the rabbi brings the unbelievable idea like this. One of my favorite ideas. You have to know that since the beginning of time, Adam Arishon, people brought always brought sacrifices to their deity, their god, whether it was the goyim. Even to the to a to a, to a tree, to Abu Dazara, or the you had the holy Avot, they brought korbanot to Hashem. Noah brought korbanot. Adam Arishon brought a korban. The Avot Abamitav Yaakov brought korbanot. Bechule bechule. But all those korbanot, since the beginning of time till about 2,448 years, were all burnt completely. Called korban Ola. burnt completely. There was no remnants. There was nothing was ever eaten from that sacrifice. Uh, it was completely burnt. Now, now to eat from such a sacrifice would be a chutzpah, more than a chutzpah. It would be a avon gadol. It would be a sacrilege. This is the food of, of God. How could you eat from the food? You can't eat from that food. Nobody would do such a thing. And they didn't do it. They never did it. Except right here for this point in time, Hashem changed the rules for the Jewish people. Because he, he wanted to make a big declaration to the Jewish people that we have to know something very important. And Hashem told Moshe to tell the Jewish people, you make the Korban Pesach, get together in 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 kibbutzot, in 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 in, uh, in, uh, in communities, let's say, or in groups is better. Get together in groups and eat from the shank bone. Eat from this lamb meat that you just roasted. So what's, what's the idea? And here's the big idea. Because this is the first time in history anybody would dare eat from a korban. Why? Because Hashem wants to tell you Jews then and now that you Jewish body is holier than a mizbeach. When you put that meat of the korban, of the sacrifice, into your mouth, you holy Jew, it's better than burning it on a mizbeach. Better, even better. But you're a human. A mizbeach is just sticks and stones and then whatever. And... But sorry, it's a holy place because you keep burning food, you're burning sacrifice to Hashem, but you put it in your mouth. 
You're such a, you're a holy Jew. You're, you have a soul inside of you. And you're eating it. That's better than, that's more than burning him as bear. Especially since with the declaration that you are my firstborn son, you are Beni, you are the chosen people, you are Beni Bechori Israel. So that's the message of the Korban Pesach that you can tell over on your Seder table, a tremendous message. Now the other message is Passover. Passover literally means to skip over, to skip. And we all know that the Malach Hamavet, the Mashkit, the Yetzirah, they all the same guy, uh, skipped over. He skipped over the homes, the loyal homes of the loyal Jews, the loyal ones. Now, now, of course, which loyal ones? The ones that listened to Moshe got in the got in their houses and and put the blood on the door and closed the door. And the Navi said, "Lock the door." They locked the door. But uh, the big question is, how's that going to help you to lock the door? How's that help? And the, the, as far as the Egyptians are concerned, they put bricks in front of the door. It didn't help. The Malach HaMavet went through the bricks and through the door and killed their firstborn. Firstborn children, the firstborn animals, they were all subject and they all fell from the angel of death, the Malach HaMavet. So now, so now we, we see over here, so what was the protection for the Jews closing his door? How's that going to help? The answer is like this. The Jew could not close his door on the Malach HaMavet. Wouldn't work. He was closing the door on the culture of the Goyim. I'll say that again. He was closing the door. What saved the Jew in Mitzrayim? He was closing the door on the TV of the Goyim, on the literature of the Goyim, on the ideology of the Goyim, on the culture of the Goyim, on all the things that the Goyim, all the entertainment of the Goyim, all the nonsense, the shuyot, the rishot of the goyim. And he was closing that door. He said, that's not mine. That's not my thing. That's not my bag. That's not my tradition. That's not my religion. I want to have nothing to do with it. Close that door. When he closed that door, then he closed the door to assimilation. You know what I'm saying? You close that door to what the goyim, how they dress, how they talk, how they look, how they tattoo, how they, whatever they're doing, you close that door, then you are closing the door to mixing with them. You're closing the door to assimilation. Assimilation, that is the angel of death. Assimilation, that is death. That is the death of a Jew. So that's why the the Tana and the Gemara, the Tana or the Amorah, I forgot which one it was, when he read the Tochicha, all the curses, he said, Bob, he cried only on one of them. The other ones were terrible, terrible curses. But he cried only on one of them. It said, you will be lost amongst the nation. On that one, he went, oh, he put his head down and he was crying. Because that is worse than all the other diseases and plagues that the Torah brings down. Because once you're lost and you're assimilated amongst the Goyim, you're finished. You're, you're, you're a finished guy. But in the other stuff, they could take your body away. But in the, when you're assimilated by the Goyim, they take your soul away, like the Greeks wanted to do. They took the, take the soul away. So, so, the Jewish people that closed the door then and have closed the door throughout the millennium, throughout the all the movements, whether the Shabtai Svi movement or the Haskalah movement or the reform movement or the America was going on. When you close the door on that stuff in America, that you don't get mixed in their in their in their nonsense, in, in being like a Goyim. Or in Germany, 
They dressed like the Goyim, they talked like the Germans, they out-Germaned the Germans, and they became German. They had 50% intermarriage. They were lost. So the angel of death, the Malach the Mashchit, who was hovering all the time, all throughout the history, all throughout the ages, Hashem is sifting. That's a sifting. And the Jew then, and the Jew now, that puts that door and closes, to put that barrier between us and them, he's the Jew that will be, still be here. That's the one that the Malachana will pass over. He will pass over, and he's been passing over. So all you Jews at the Seder, you have to know that your grandparents, your parents, your grandparents, your, they closed doors because otherwise you, you, you wouldn't be here today. You would be swallowed up by the, by the tide, by the tide of the Goyim, the assimilation, and all that stuff, which, I mean, I'm sorry to say, but that's the vast majority, the, you know, especially what's going on today, of Jews and what's going on. So, so, but the additional message for Passover is a big message. It's a message for eternity. Passover is, a, is an eternal message. It's not just a message for the Passover of Mitzrayim, which is three, uh, uh, 30, uh, three, over 3,000 years ago, 3,300 years ago. The Passover is a message that's recurrent throughout history. And, you gotta, and it's, it's incumbent upon us to, to, to notice it. So where do we see that? It's the time when, when, the, when, the, when Hashem protected us and the, and the destroyer passed over. So, so you see... You see, uh, you had so many movements, and the destroyer passed over. You even they passed over the, the the good Jews, the loyal ones. Passed over the loyal ones. So, our nation is still here. That's the idea. Throughout the history, you had empires like Egypt and Rome and Greece and uh, and Persia and other ones that and that even Russia, Russian fell and uh, the Iron Curtain fell. Empires. Big ones that never looked like they were ever going to fall. However, the destroyer got, got to them also. The destroyer got, and, and America is not going to be here forever, neither. Don't think, don't think America will be here forever. Because the destroyer destroys all of them. That's called the mashkit. That's automatic. There's only one thing that the destroyer does not destroy, and that's the Am Yisrael. The Am Yisrael is not, will not, it's Nitzhi. Nitzhi means it's forever. The Jewish nation is forever. Which, which nation? The one that keeps the Torah Mitzvot. That's the only Jewish nation that's forever. The ones that keep Torah Mitzvot, the other ones are not forever. I, I'm sorry to say, they can grab the life preserver, and we should throw them a life preserver. No question about that. Throw them a, life, throw them a boat, life preserver, all that stuff. But if they don't grab onto the life preserver, you got to make sure you don't drown with them, certainly. Also, if you can't swim, don't jump in after them. No, my brother said don't jump. You, you, you have no obligation to drown along with people that are, that are, that are, that are uh, drowning in the ocean. No, you don't have an obligation to drown. Your life comes first. Your children's life comes first. Don't send your children to the, those kinds of schools because you want them to maybe uplift other people. No. You can send money. You can support the Chabad. They do that kind of stuff. Or support outreach, certain out, outreach people. They do that kind of stuff. You have many outreach programs that are doing this stuff. No question. And it's important to do that. It's, it's your obligation to support it. No question. However, you gotta you, you today's in today's environment, you, your most first priority is you. Your first priority is you. You and you and your children, and then your family, your extended family, 
and the people in your your environment, your environs, and the people. Those that's your first priority. Then you got your second priority and your third priority. Bechulah, bechulah. So, 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 so that's what we're saying. So Passover is the eternal promise that the Jewish people will be here eternally, and we're here. We're still here from Abraham every four thousand years. We're still here. We're still here from since we had the Torah thirty three hundred years. We're still here. We have, I don't know, let's say a million, call it on, on the outside number, a million Jews that keep Shabbat. Still here. A million out of 15, 16 million, what can I tell you? It's not, it's not so hot, but we're still here. There's still a million. And those million are, 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 are growing, no question about that. Uh, uh, so that's what we're doing. Well, we thank Hashem for the Passover, and we also thank Hashem for the personal Passover in our lives. Oh, so there's a third Passover. Try to think. Say it on the Pesach. Say it on the Seder table. Say it on the say. Say what? Say you know, when I was uh, uh, ten years old, I was riding my bicycle, and I crashed into another guy riding a skateboard, and I, it was a terrible crash, and I hurt myself. I had to go to the doctor. I thought I broke my arm, and they checked, took an X-ray, and it was only a very bad bruise. That's called Passover. That's the that you were saved. You were saved from that. How about when you got you had a virus and you were in bed and it was killing the virus? You had a stomachache, couldn't eat anything, only a little water, a little tea, then a little chicken soup, little by little. Your mother nursed you back, but uh, you never thought you thought that virus was go- was going to last a long time. It looked like it was never going to end, but it ended. That's Pesach. How about you had bad friends? Didn't look like they were going to leave you. Those bad friends, they were influencing you. But one day, they decided they don't want they don't want you to be their friend anymore they don't want they don't want to be friends with you anymore you felt terrible you felt awful I said oh my friends they left me they used to call that ditch they ditched me so he said you felt bad maybe you cried for a day said, what's wrong with me no hashem was passing over you the malamachamavit was passing over you you have to thank them look back and thank thank god look at those guys they became bums they live in the city what are they doing in the city? They're getting lost in the city. They're going out with goyim in the city. They're going drinking every night. What are they doing in the city? They don't go to shul in the morning. Some of them don't put tefillin on either. They, they, they keep Shabbat. Who knows what? Uh, so, so you thought you were left in the dust. But you were left in Brooklyn with your parents, with your family, with some friends, with the people in your, in your school. You went to shul and you grew and you got rid of the destroyer got rid of those friends for you. Wow. I think most of us have have that situation. Gotta thank Hashem on Passover for that situation. How about how about how about the, if you got married, how about the, you, you thought you were gonna get married to that first girl? Oh, you really wanted to get married to that girl. You were head over heels over that girl. And then the girl, she found another boyfriend. You felt terrible. She found another boyfriend. And it turned out that she wasn't really the best girl for you. But you found the right girl, and you got married, and you had a nice family, and all so on and so forth. So you see, that was a pair. The fact that that girl left you for somebody else looked bad, but that was a Pesach. That's Pesach. Hashem saved you. You don't know how much he saved you from, 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 from trials. That wasn't the right person for you. So the same thing in everything in your life, whether it was a bad business partner or, 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 or whatever it was. But how about the good things Hashem brought you towards? You have beautiful parents. You have good brothers and sisters. You have, so that's Pesach. So when you go on the table, 
We're going to thank Hashem for Pesach. Pesach means preservation. Hashem preserved the Jewish people from the Malach HaMavet in Egypt. Hashem preserved the Jewish people over the thousands of years. We're here. The other empires are under the ground. They're in the museums. And Hashem preserved us in our own lives in many, many instances in our lives. So we tell that over in Pesach, and that's one of the reasons, that's one of the things we're going to be talking about Pesach. That's 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 also Behigata Lebincha. You're telling the story of Pesach. So now let's let's read a couple of things that I think that I think you'll like, or read them or tell them over that uh, Rabbi Victor Miller said. So we start we open up the, the said and we say Shekhyano. So we say so, Rabbi says here, the happiness of being alive, the happiness of being alive, it's so important from time to time to remind yourself how good it is to be alive. Isn't it a tragedy that people spend their lives thinking what's going to be, someday I'll be rich, and someday I'll be successful, we're rich right now. To be alive is an extremely great happiness. And therefore, from time to time, we make a beracha, Sheikh Yanu. You gave us life to this day. Now just stop and think of the fun of being alive. Isn't it a pleasure to be able to see and to breathe and or to live and to think? That's happiness. Not one form of happiness, many forms of happiness. Now that's a clear idea to you people. So wake up and live. And we remind ourselves once in a while. And the best time to remind yourself is when you're about to sit down with your family at the Seder. Sheikh remind yourself that it's great to be alive. And you're about to perform the very great mitzvah of the Haggadah. And all the other mitzvot of this night. But it's not merely because of the mitzvah alone. It's the joy of being alive. Now isn't that an idea? And this joy, of course, contributes to the simcha shil mitzvah. That's the way we open up the shechian. Now, everyone starts asking the arba kushot. The arba kushot. We learned that in kindergarten. But that's the whole idea of life. The idea of life is to ask. Hashem wants us to ask. The chacham is the one that asks. He asks the questions, not the one that knows the answer. The one that asks questions, he is the Chacham. So now, everyone starts asking the four questions. So the father listens, and he gets pleasure, nachat, as each child asks the four questions, the happiness of that, of that night. And he asks, why is this night different from all the other nights? Ah, what a great night that was. A night of history. A night that was that like this was never happened before. And it'll never happen again. The night of nights. Why is this night different? Now the truth is, the question is not merely why is it different in the way that the child enumerates. It is different in the fact that it's the night when HaKadosh Baruch Hu demonstrated that he'll pass over, like we said, over the Am Yisrael and allow them to live forever. That great night when the dreaded presence, presence of the Malach HaMavid was hovering overhead. And every Jewish family gathered into their homes, waiting to see what's going to happen. From all sides, they heard the outcry and anguish from the Egyptians. A cry went out over the whole land. And in all the homes of B'nai Israel, there was peace and security. That's how it's going to be forever. 
and ever until the end of days. That's why this night is different. The answer is this night is different because they are going to ask four questions that night. The four questions are of the utmost importance because that's the purpose which Hashem made all these events. Iman tisaper, that you should be able to relate it, but you can't relate it if the children are not willing to listen, and therefore the child asks the four questions. That's sipur, that's the whole, that they, that and, the, and to eat matzah. Those are the two mitzvot. Just tell it over. But how can you tell it? They got to tell it because they ask and they got to listen. Now, the son has just completed asking the four questions. And now the father begins his obligation of to tell it over that night. Of course, saying Haggadah, it's an obligation to tell, to tell his children. Now, in the course of the following words, we'll speak more about this obligation. But first, the father commences as follows. Listen carefully. You're asking my son. You're asking why we do certain things. Why you eat matzah, why you lean, why you dip the, you dip the, the celery. Why you eat the why you eat the, the shank bone? All these four questions. Now, you're asking why we do certain things. Now, this question is not only four questions; it's 613 questions. Ah. Why we do all the laws of the Torah? You hear that, Chidush? He's not asking four questions. You're asking 613 questions. Why do we do all the laws of the Torah? And each and in each law there are many questions. And there's one answer to all of them. All the questions have one answer. We were slaves to Paro and they gave us and when they gave us any orders, we couldn't ask any questions. Why we have to do this? If you ask any questions, they knocked out your teeth. And so we exchange when we exchange one master for another, instead of forcing us to do things which were not for our benefit, like the, like the Egyptians did, now you're being forced to do what's for your benefit. The Egyptians forced us to build, build, build bricks, make bricks and build, build, build pyramids, not for our benefit, for their benefit. Now Hashem is, is commanding us to do misvot, which are for, for our benefit. And there's no harm in knowing the reasons. No harm. But to fulfill the misvah, the, but the fulfillment of the misvot, the obeying of misvot, it's not contingent upon knowing reasons because there is a reason. The reason for everything is the big reason. Because we were slaves to Paro and Mitzrayim and Hashem took us out. Because of that, we are so full of love to Hashem. We are so grateful to Him that we'll do whatever He'll tell us. So the reason why we do mitzvot is because Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. That's the basic fundamental reason for obeying the Torah. So if anybody asks you, why are you obeying the Torah? Because God took us out of Mitzrayim. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu began giving the Torah, He said, I'm the Lord your God that took you out of Mitzrayim. That's the foundation of, of the acceptance of the Torah. Now, in case you're ever in the mood to think that certain things are burdensome, eh? certain things are not easy to do, remind yourself of the great burden that HaKadosh Baruch Hu took off of us when He took us out of Mitzrayim. And we're forever grateful to him. And therefore, no matter what he is going to ask us to do, it's nothing compared to what we had to do for Paro. For the, uh, and that's the reason. That's the reason that we are keeping the whole Torah because Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. So now, 
we have to know that Yitziah Mitzrayim, as we're saying, is the Yesod HaYesodot of the Kol HaTorah. It's the fundamental foundation of the whole Torah. Most of our Berachot uh, is Zechel Yitziah Mitzrayim. You have Matzah, Zechel Yitziah Mitzrayim. You have Lulav, Sukkah. Every mitzvah is, is to remember the Yitzhak Mitzrayim. In fact, when you when you when you remember Yitzhak Mitzrayim, you do a mitzvah of Zechira. You have ten mitzvot to remember. One is remember the Shabbat, remember the man, remember the thing. Remember Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Number one, remember even even before remembering Matan Torah, remembering, remembering that was Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. At Matan Torah, Hashem said, "I am the Lord your God, and this that I took you out of Mitzrayim." This is how Hashem introduced Himself, so to speak. We may. We also say, Asher oh, We see that Yitzhak Mitzrayim was not to make us free. It's, the, it's a Hag HaKherut, a freedom. It doesn't mean free to do what you want. It's the Hag, it's to make us free to serve Hashem. That's the whole purpose of Yitzhak was to free ourselves, to free us to serve Hashem and not to free us to serve Paro. Of course, a person says, for example, today he goes, I'm a free man. Don't tell me what to do. I'm a free man. You can, I live in America. You can't tell me what to do. It is a free country. This man is a... What, what is he free? I'm, oh, an ox without a yoke on his neck thinks he's free. He's not going to do any work. So we have to have amilut, torah. You have to have a yoke on your neck, a direction in life. That direction is the direction of the Torah when you have that direction to do good things, then you're free to do good things. If you don't have that direction, then you have a yetzerah, which is on you. It's a free will. Now, we know that hachana, the shibu misayim was a preparation for matan Torah. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't a punishment. You have to know that, that it was a preparation. All the makot and all the avodat parech were necessary for matan Torah, the heavy work. We had had any detail been lacking, then also would Matan Torah been lacking in that aspect. For example, in Mitzrayim we had hard labor, and this was necessary so that instead of serving Paro, we could serve Hashem with Amelut, labor in Torah. However, aside from the idea that Yitzhak Mitzrayim was the Hachana for the Torah, that preparation, let's examine the fundamental idea about Yitzhak Mitzrayim itself, and that's the idea of gratitude. We have to always be grateful to Hashem to taking us out of Mitzrayim. Although Paro set us free that night, yet we, we were still in that strange and wicked land. Then in the morning when we left Mitzrayim, we were completely free of foreign influences and we were ready to serve Hashem. We became a Beit Yaakov, free of the Egyptians. When we marched out and during the entire 40 years in the Kolel of the desert, all one heard was Lashon Kodesh. We were free from you have to understand that being in a place where, for example, English is spoken, it's not good for you. Even though no apikosut is said, no heresy is said, and nothing pornographic is mentioned, still it's detrimental to you. It's a kor- it's a korban that I sp- it's a korban. It's a sh- it's 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 a devastation that I speak to you in English. But what can I do? Many of you don't understand Yiddish. I make it a point to always speak in Yiddish to my children. Even to the present day, to my grandchildren, I speak English. Then, since they don't understand Yiddish, if you're capable, speak only Yiddish, or Hebrew, or Arabic. I'm not pressing you on this matter, but it's something important. The rabbis say, 
So how do we express this gratitude to Hashem? You have to think of as many details as possible and thank Hashem for them. Just to be thankful in general is worthless, almost worthless. In the Haktamah, in Mishnah he says that you have to study the pratim, the details, in addition to the general principles. Else, when you come across a prat, you won't know which kalal it belongs to, and you won't know whether or not that not that maaseh is permitted. Similarly, the only real gratitude to Hashem is found when you're grateful for specific things. For example, if you have sons, the next time you bow down in Modim, in, in Hamidah, thank Hashem for your beautiful son who's eager to learn Torah and fulfill his vote. And if you have daughters, thank Hashem for the tzniut that they exhibit. Suppose you have no children, thank Hashem you have two eyes. One modim for one eye, for the next modim for the other. After all, don't you see many people making their way in the street by tapping with a cane? Lo alenu. You can also thank Hashem for your kidneys. Even You even have a spare in case the other one goes bad. I know a person who has no kidneys and he's constant dialysis. So you should keep in mind that if you don't thank Hashem properly, We'll say over here the last paragraph like this. The Haggadah, the Baal Haggadah says, Dayenu. Dayenu. If he only brought us out of Egypt, it would have been enough. It would have sufficed us. If he brought us to Har Sinai, it would have sufficed us. If he gave us, give us the Torah, it would have been enough. We should discuss all of them and be grateful for all of them. A Jew has to always say, Elu, Ilu, Ilu. And then we learn to be grateful. For all the details and that's what we're going to be practicing coming up Friday night on the Lasedet. We're going to practice on two aspects. One is praise and thanks for everything we got in this world. Of course, including Yitzhak Mitzrayim. You never get in. There's no end to that. And the second is Da'at. Da'at is real clear awareness. It's like the Matzah. Matzah, you gain Da'at from Matzah. How do you do that? So first of all, when you when you, first of all, when you eat the matzah, you got to be thinking mitzvot sirichot kavana. So you have a kavana. Matzah is a it's a testimony. Matzah is a testimony. It's a kind of mitzvah. It's called a testimony. It's a testimony to what that you got out of Mitzrayim. It's a testimony. It's an edut. You say in Hebrew, okay? Edut. Now, so so that mitzvah you say it's an edut. It should, it should, it should evoke that idea. That's an edut. Now, 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 here's the, here's the important part. So you eat, you say the berachah, you eat the matzah, you're doing mitzvah the same matzah. Excellent. It's no less than shaking the lulav. No less than putting on tefillin. Now, when you eat the matzah in your mouth, it's still matzah. But when you swallow it down your throat, and you're going to transform it into your skin, into your hair, into your gizzard, into your stomach, it's going to become part of you. That's the idea you got to be. That's called gaining da'at. You're taking the physical matzah and you're changing it into yourself. Halavai, we should all have a holiday full of emunah, full of love for our fellow Jews, full of da'at, uh, full of hoda'ah, this holiday and going forward for many, many more Pesachim. Abiyat Mashiach. Amen. Have a great day.